Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I am so super excited uh, to, because we're going from East Africa 
to West Africa. Well, hey. sort of, because Houston, Texas isn't West Africa, but we'll get there. My name is Alexander Gonzalez, and I'm coming to you live from St. Pete, Florida, here on Breakfast with Champions. And I have to tell you, that right there, what we just witnessed, is the power of social audio, it's the power of Breakfast with Champions, and it's the power of community that even on the other side of the planet, we can give beds, beds. Amen. I want you all, when you, when you lay down tonight, think about the fact that you get to sleep in a bed tonight. <sighs> I'm so super excited because today we're talking about what a leap of faith is, and I have my friend Nkechi here with me. Nkechi was one of my very first friends that when we were just baby clubhousers here on these clubhouse streets trying to find our way <laughs> that I made and has impressed me from hello. And Ketchy, I know that you had to go to the gym, but are you still here with us, sis? I am, I am. Can you guys hear me okay? We can. And uh, just so you guys know, in case anyone, you know, this is my clubhouse wife. I'm officially her clubhouse husband. We do not cheat. So just so you know, <laughs> uh, Nkechi, a little bit about you. I'm going to give a quick bio, and then we're going to talk about faith together. Uh, and Ketchy came here from Nigeria. Uh, and listen, I want to say this really quickly because I really believe this from the bottom of my heart, and I just feel compelled. What was done in Africa, however long ago that was now, 200 years ago, was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, travesties onto this world. But what's happening 200 years later in that continent is incredible. And I promise you what we're going to see is the, and we are already seeing the brightest minds coming from these countries, the brightest companies coming from these companies. I urge you all to go invest in Africa, pour money into those different countries over there. You can get your VAs from Africa. You can get incredible tech people for, like to get the help that you need with tech from Africa. If you guys don't know Tosh Queen on here, she actually has a, a not-for-profit where she combines people looking for virtual assistants, tech people, etc. With those people here in America, you don't have to go to Asia to outsource all of these things. You can go to Africa, and I beg you, let's start doing that and get some money pumped into that continent. Continent! Yes! Continent! Okay? And so I have my sister and Ketchy coming all the way from Nigeria, and I'll tell you what, this woman is probably one of the, well, in Nigeria standards, she's probably just normal. <laughs> but she is one of the most impactful, impressive, outstanding human beings you will ever meet. She is the sexiest brain on Clubhouse. I dubbed her that months and months ago, and I still believe it. And I'll tell you this. A little thing about her is some of the software that we use to determine whether or not you had COVID, and Ketchy was one of the people who developed it. So we're talking about an all-star queen, Miss Nkechi. How was it listening to those beautiful voices in Uganda, the other side of the continent that you came from? Oh, my God. You know, the moment that really hit me is when he was describing the banana fields, like, I just, you know, Glenn, thank you so much. Thank you for, 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 for opening the eyes of so many people just with that conversation. Hearing those kids in the background, that conversation, sorry, I'm on the Stairmaster. This is a very humbling experience on the Stairmaster. But I say that to say, you know, the fact that they, you hear the cheers. Did you hear how excited those kids were? They don't even have a bed. And they're happy. They're happy. That frequency of gratitude, that frequency of, of, of contentment, but 
also knowing that you're still seen by your God, I felt like it just rejuvenated me. That was that was a powerful way to kick off the week. That was an amazing way to kick off the Monday. Ooh, yes, it was. And I hear those weights falling, girl. I love it that you're up in the Ooh. gym. <laughs> and now, talk to me. You came, How old were you when you came to this country in Ketchy? I was five years old. Well, a little bit before I turned five. Just under five years old. And for those of you that aren't necessarily familiar with Nigerian culture, you may have heard when I had um, Deo here over from Wisdom, we talked a lot about this. This culture of Nigeria and a lot of different African cultures is just very impressive to me. There is a certain standard of excellence in a Nigerian household that's expected. And so you came to this country and the expectation was you better be excellent and make something of yourself, correct? I mean, you know what's so funny? Um, it's only in America that the word excellence exists. Like, it's just, and I say that respectfully, it wasn't a matter of you better be excellent. It was like, you better not, you better not fail your ancestors. You better not fail what your parents had to sacrifice for you to be here. And that just happens to equate to excellence. And, um, you know, that, that, that opening statement that you made, Alexander, when you said, you know, but, but hundreds of years later, we're now seeing the fruits of people that are that are that are popping up like Dio. I mean, a Wisdom app. If you haven't been on Wisdom, I almost well. I mean, technically, I broke the app the first day, but here's the thing. <laughs> One thing about me, I'm gonna run a 24-hour room. <laughs> I just I just say that to say, um, we are starting to see the fruits of of kids that came, um, kind of from that aspect from my generation. Those those diaspora millennial, um, uh, 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 you know, time frame. And I just, you know, it wasn't really about excellence. It was about, imagine how much had to be sacrificed for you to be here. Like when I came here as a kid, you know, I was a DACA kid before they had DACA. So my, my, my mom brought me here, expected to be able to, you know, I was the youngest of six, so she expected to be able to go home. You know, she brought me here, left me here with a sibling, expected to be able to go home, you know, get some things in order and come back. And before she could, she just literally died. Like. Like, imagine, imagine that, like, you leave your kid in another country, and I've spent, I'm 35 now, but I've spent the majority of my life really trying to put myself in those shoes, and it started off with so much anger and hate, like, why would you leave, why would you leave me, Am I, was I really worth that little, only for me to, you know, grow up and understand the dynamics of what it is to see the potential your kid has, and know that it'll never be honored in the place that you're in right now, not because there's no honor to it, but because maybe the sex of the child, maybe the heritage of the child, maybe the tribe of the child, you know? And uh, I, I just say that to say, you know, it wasn't really about excellence. It was about, so are you really going to make sure, like, like, allow their sacrifice to be in vain? And every single day, like, real talk, every single day I wake up and I make sure that all the pain I had to go through, because it's not as if I came here when I was three months and didn't know who my parents were. I, I, I knew the perfume she wore. I still remember the jacket she wore. I still remember the presents she gave me. My earliest memories of like when I was- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Like a year and a half. So uh, I think to myself, you know, after everything, are you going to let your pain be in vain? And now I'm entering into the season where I, I, I now acknowledge the pain that she went through 
one of the last things she said is like, so you mean I'm never going to see and catch you again? Like, that's literally the last thing she said before she, she went into a coma and died. And I just, I just think to myself, now I'm entering that space where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to now honor her pain and make sure that nothing that she went through was in vain. You know, I hope that wasn't too deep, but this is kind of, no. you know how my brain goes. <laughs> yes, girl, that, woo, that hit me, you know, as a parent, like I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine, but listen, and it goes so beautifully that, that story with the title of this room, Leap of Faith or Leap of Action. And I have to tell you, for me guys, they're synonymous. <laughs> and so a leap of faith is a leap of action. And your mom did just that. She took one of the greatest leaps, literally, taking her prize, her, her, her genes, the, and what she created, you, and dropped it off into another country, hoping and praying that she could be back, but that she could give you the opportunity. And I have to tell you and catch him so moved by that. You have made her so proud. I know she is looking down thinking, wow, because what you're doing in the space of crypto, what you're doing in the space of tech, what you're doing for women, uh, all women, ethnic minorities, etc. You you surpassed, I think, any hope and wish and dream that she had for you. And you didn't have to become a doctor or a lawyer to do it. And <laughs> I that, know those are the only two streams that we I know, those are the options. Maybe an engineer, that's the newfangled technology now. Maybe you can be yeah. a <laughs> I like it, I like it. So talk to me about how you broke into the space of tech. Uh, how did you get into that? And then how did you realize that, ooh, I, I'm, I'm kind of good at this. Like, I'm pretty good. This is a story I've actually never told. This portion of it, when I was a kid, this movie, I was, this movie came out called Hackers, and it had Angelina Jolie and uh, John, Johnny oh. Lee, Lee Miller, okay? <laughs> and, um, and I remember watching that movie and this underground concept, you know, kids on skateboards, hacking into like big corporate companies and I think I was probably like I don't know maybe seven or eight or something and I was sold at that minute I was sold I was at that minute I was sold because it was the concept of somebody who shouldn't have power being able to access that power themselves being able to create themselves in the image of whatever they wanted you know so I was sold in that minute so by the time I was like nine or ten well, I won't say too much because this, this is recorded, but I mean, I was getting FBI warnings by the time I was 9 or 10 for the stuff I was doing on computer, and I had no concept of what I was doing. It just kind of came to me naturally. However, just like I said, um, there were really only three, three, three directions you could head in as a kid. You could become a doctor, a nurse, or maybe a lawyer, maybe a lawyer. Um, when I was a kid, and I was born in 86, so I'm a 90s kid, right? So at that time, it didn't matter how good I was at tech. It didn't matter that one of these years came easily to me. We were hacking into, like, I remember a teacher, oh, I'll just tell the story, whatever. I, I remember a teacher upsetting me once in middle school, and I literally logged into her account. I, today, I still don't understand how I did. I literally logged into her account, and I deleted her entire curriculum for, like, the year. I was, I was a savage. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I found God. Since then. One but, girl, <laughs> one girl, you still, you still <laughs> I found God I mean, I Don't mess with me. Catch you, y'all. <laughs> Well, I, I did say that to say, you know, it came to me naturally, which was a blessing that I had. But at the time, you know, this is why it's so, this is why I believe so much in pouring into kids because you don't know what you don't know. You don't realize that you are literally operating at, at a college level at the age of 10. You don't realize that. It really takes a parent to speak life into that kid, to acknowledge those things and to say, yes, you're doing right. But I didn't have that. I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. And the guardians that I had, you know, I had a, like my household was very violent. It wasn't, it wasn't like a happy household. It was very 
it was just it was just a lot it was a lot which is why i think you know one of my main things is always about if you have the option to choose in peace make sure you choose it because some people don't even have that luxury you know so anyway fast forward just like i said there's really only a few tracks of of of, of uh occupation that your parents are going to pay for i was in marine corps rotc by the time i was in, in high school and uh, i remember where i was sitting when 9 11 happened so imagine being in a room full of seasoned marines when 9 11 happened we watched the second um, uh, a plane hit those towers, and uh, I remember the first thing that was said is we're going to war, and I was in tenth grade at the time. So I, at that moment, I knew I was my my life was going to be in the military. I wanted to be a drill sergeant. I wanted to go to. I wanted to go. I wanted to do all of it. Well, I didn't have papers. Remember, I was a DACA kid before they had DACA, so I I didn't have papers. So the spirit of fear was always like pushed into me for whatever reason. You can't do this. You don't have papers. You can't go there. You don't have papers. This, this, and that. So it was like I never had power. I knew I had potential, but I never had power. I knew I had faith, but there was no action to be taken because you didn't know which action would land you right back where you started, you know, or, or even even worse, back in a country that, that, you know, you didn't grow up in. So fast forward now, um, you know, I'm, I'm 19, 20. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up my first nursing program. And my family, by that time, we had a couple of home health companies. So I was actually running like multi-million dollar companies working 24 hours. Hey, hold on. We have a, yeah. No, 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 I got it. It's all good. Um, so yeah, I was actually uh, running a couple like multi-million dollar companies before the age of 24. I was running home health companies. Everybody was older than me. Like I was like not older, not just simply like I was what I was like 22 when I adopted the first one. 23 when I acquired the second one, and 24 by the time I added on a provider agency onto it. And um, these were family like businesses. All I knew was work. I had a very high aptitude for work, but I just, I just, you know, I was good at nursing. I was very good at nursing and wounds. I love wound care. Like I've taken patients from stage four. You can see, see the well graphic, you know, trigger alert. But you can see the bone in their system all the way to full on healing. Like I have so many stories from that time frame, but. Um, I knew that my, 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 I mean, for lack of a better term, my soul was dying. I could feel it inside of me. I, I was so unhappy, but I was making so much money, but I was extremely unhappy and it made no sense. So by the time I was 25, 26, I remember I got up one day and my family was on their usual craziness. And I just, I just got up one day and I just had this existential crisis and I just told God, I can't wait for you anymore. Like he would, he, every time I would pray, he would say, wait, wait, wait. And I got up one day and I, I just I just told him I can't anymore. And I, I walked away from everything. I sold everything. And my family's not the kind of family that you can just leave the family business and still be part of the family. So for you to walk away, that means you walk away from the entire family. So there's kids that I raised, like my, my, my nieces and nephews. I have 17 nieces and nephews. You know, there's kids that I raised that I knew I would no longer be able to talk to. No, but I spent my entire life teaching everybody else's happiness. And I just wanted... I didn't even want happiness, I just wanted peace. I just wanted to be able to have a good night's sleep, you know? So I walked away from that, spent about two, three years just, I don't know, communing with nature, <laughs> meditating, um, learning about like just how to be a regular person. You know, I'd only ever owned companies. I'd, like I had regular jobs when I was 18, 19, but, I'd, but after that, like I'd only ever owned companies. I just wanted to be a normal person. I wanted to log into work. I wanted to clock out for lunch. I wanted to have somebody tell me what to do as opposed to me having to always know the answer. I need to, needed to experience that. So I, I started working at a, a, a minute clinic. Minute clinic at that time was hiring LVNs and nurse practitioners to run a, a minute clinic as a subsidiary of CBS. Um, so I started working there and one day they came and they implemented this software called Epic. And once I saw the software, it like, it just, 
I don't know why, but it just clicked. And uh, out of nowhere, I became the trainer for it because nobody else could understand it. You know, healthcare and tech, they, they really do pair perfectly, but the people that work in them are pretty much polar opposites. One is all about establishing rapport within 30 seconds, getting your patient to trust you, lest they not feel comfortable telling you where they got that bruise from, so on and so forth. Meanwhile, another one is straight up binary, ones and zeros. Um, but for some reason, I had a mind for both of them. I was brilliant as a nurse, and I was brilliant in tech. Um, but once I saw that software, then, then one day it was just, uh, I don't, it was just God, because one day somebody walked in and they were like, you know, you're clicking around on this, like you built it. And I was like, I wish I had built it. And from that moment on, like they, they taught me about consulting, and I started up consulting at 27, and I remember I got into the field, and I was looking at all the different hierarchies, because at that time, you started off at the bottom line, you started off as what we call the goal library, which is the person, please let me know if I'm rambling, my pre-worker, I was kicking in. So, <laughs> Uh, at that time, you started off at the bottom rung, as in uh, when they went live with the software, when you showed up. Um, and that was it, was, it was a crazy time. You were on the road nonstop. But I remember I looked at all the different tiers, and one day I started investigating, you know, what's the highest tier here? And they said the solutions architect. No, 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 sorry. At that time, it was the analyst, because they didn't even know solutions architect existed at that time. Existed at that time. So, um, yeah, I, so I said, okay, well, I'm going to become a trainer. The next thing up was a trainer. They said, no, people that are go-livers don't become trainers. I said, that within four months, I was a trainer. After that, they said, well, the next level up is to be the instructional designer, as in the person that's certified by the individual company. I said, bet, I'm going to become that. They said, you're stupid. You're not going to become Six months later, I was that. The next one up, I said, what was the next level? They said, analyst. I said, okay, I'm going to become that. They said, now you're, you're tripping. Like, instructional designers do not become analysts. It's polar opposites. I said, bet, within a year, I became um, an analyst. After that, that was the top, right? But then I started to see the person that walked around with them, and they were part of the project, the implementation. Mind you, these are these are hundred million dollars. I think the highest we've done is like for Kaiser Permanente. I think I think they were like a, a little under two billion dollar implementation. Kaiser Permanente is a is a huge hospital system on the West Coast, and we did their their implementation. And now, mind you, I thought to myself, okay, what is what what are what are what are the ways for me to get to that? Because I was seeing this person as part of the project, but they were part of C-suite, and I was like, what is that? I'd never heard of that role. And they described it, and I said, well, I know all of those systems. And I said, well, I mean, that's good for you, you know, pat you on the back, you know, <laughs> good for you. There were no people of color that held those roles. I, even till now, now that I am that, I, I still have yet to meet another person in my industry. Like, like, <laughs> I don't even want to say it. Like, it is, I've literally been on projects where I am the only black woman, period. It's, it's not a joke, like, and that's the norm. That's the norm. But I remember looking at that role and saying, well, why not me? And, and I realized that that was the difference between me and a lot of people that were saying no. That Like, they never asked that question, like, why not me? Well, because, and they never had an answer. Nobody ever had an answer. It was just, it's not done. Well, that's not good enough for me. I mean, I studied. I did everything I needed to do. Landed my first PM role. Knocked that sucker out of the park. I mean, I've done implementations all over the country. And I just, I look back on it and I realize, like, I didn't have a degree in any of this. I didn't go to school for it. It was me opening up 500-page manuals and just absorbing that in, that information. I didn't care if it took Red Bull. I didn't care if I had to stay up 14 days straight. I didn't care what I had to do. So, I mean, to, to relate it to this space and, and, and action, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Alexander. It has to be synonymous. It's not even a choice, but it has to be synonymous. Because if you don't have that faith in yourself, what are you going to do when you, when you have all this action but somebody... Now that has just enough power to tell you, nah, people don't do that. Words are face at. 
you have to have faith in yourself that's borderline psychosis for you to be able to push to the levels that you dream about. And, um, you know, now I'm up at this level and, and real talk, like I'm bored. So then I discovered blockchain architecture. And I said, what is blockchain? <laughs> <laughs> and this, <laughs> this would have been back in like 2016, 17. You know, I, I discovered Bitcoin. I'm like, digital currency. Okay, that makes sense for the direction that we're heading in. So I buy up a bunch of Bitcoin. I said, okay, then what's the next thing? Now all of a sudden they come out with ETH. I said, that, that looks cool. I buy up ETH. Fast forward. The stuff that I was dabbling in is now things that people just now discovered. But this has been this has been out there. Blockchain development has been out there. Like it literally solved one of the biggest issues in, in, in history, financial and financial blockchain history, which was double spending. You know, so um anyway, I want to put a pin right there because I feel like I'm just you know how I can get. So I, I, yeah, I know, Queen. Yeah, I love cool. it. <laughs> it's so, and you, what all I heard, and I just love it because all I heard was over and over and over leaps of faith with leaps of action, leaps of faith with leaps of action, leaps of faith with leaps of action. You saw it before you actually saw it, like Brian has said this morning. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, what's the next drill? This? Okay, cool. You didn't say, cool, I'm going to be there. You said, cool, I'm already there. <laughs> cool, I am that. <laughs> you don't know it, but I am that. Oh, what's higher than that? Oh, I'm there. Oh, what's higher? Now you've reached the top and you're creating new levels. Now you get to see it literally before anyone else sees it. And then you're, and, and, and you know, it's so, it, it makes me sad to hear that all these years that you've been in this role, you see no one else of color in this same role. And I think that what needs to happen is that there needs to be a shift. There needs to be a shift in mentalities of that faith and action, right? Because the, you don't see so many ethnic minorities in, 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 in high levels of tech, as you're mentioning, or specifically in your role, sometimes people don't think they can go there. But even without seeing someone like you, you have the faith that you could go there because you understand that you're the queen that God made you to be, and you step into that every single day. How do you act? When those moments of maybe trepidation or a little bit of doubt might creep in because we're not perfect, you're not perfect, as exceptional as you are, you have those moments, I'm sure. How do you block out those moments so that you still can have that faith and still take the leaps that you've taken? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not perfect. I'm definitely, I'm just taking my entire willpower, not to say a curse word up here, because I know Glenn is going to send me a message, so <laughs> I'm definitely not perfect. <laughs> but, um, you know, you Said, you said, you know, because you knew you were the extraordinary woman uh, that got it. Funny enough, that actually wasn't it, respectfully to my clubhouse husband. Actually, that wasn't it. I was, uh, I was an extremely angry kid, extremely angry. Like, at one point, they used to call me Kickwall Nikki because I used to punch holes through walls. Like, that's how angry I was. So much had been stripped from me before I even knew how to tie my shoes, how to spell my entire name. So much. And one day, it finally clicked to me whose fault it was, and I felt it was God's fault. And it was God's fault. God, God was like, I believe in him to the point that I'm like, if he wanted me to have perfection my entire life, he would have given me perfection. If he wanted me to have calamity, he gave me calamity. Okay, good job. So now run me my blessing. Like literally one day I just got to, I remember I was 21 and I said, you know, all this anger that you have, you're either going to end up in jail or you're going to end up dead. Like that's how bad my anger was. And it was only getting worse. So that's when, you know, during that time frame that I said, you know, two to three years just communing with my spirit, that's when I started kind of teaching myself what I now know to be transmutation. I didn't realize that's what I was doing at the time. I just knew it's what was needed. I just knew that I had so much energy, but it was all anger. So I said, okay, but if I can figure out a way to use this anger to fuel me, 
how can I, because this is a most amount of energy. Now, energy no, does not have intention to it until you apply intention. So that means I just had a crap load of energy just that I had applied anger as the intention to it. So one day I started actually thinking like, well, what makes you angry? Well, the fact that so much is taken from me and that people keep telling me what I'm supposed to be when I know it's not what I'm supposed to be. I said, okay, so then how do you get to that thing? I say, I take all that anger and I make them pay. Like, that's literally it. And I wish I could tell, listen, I wish I could tell you guys something more positive. I wish I could tell you, you know, God came to me and what well, he did come to me and but I wish I could tell you something positive, but the reality is a lot of people are not dealing with positivity. They're dealing with anger, they're dealing with pain, and, and they are getting buried underneath of it. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be buried underneath of it. You can, you can use it. You can use it. So, so it wasn't just fuel for me, Alexander. That anger, that level of anger I had, it was rocket fuel. Like, the, the things that I'm describing, like, nobody does that. I haven't, like, nobody in my industry does those things. And this is not a sense of, oh, you know, I'm this, I'm that. No, I'm literally telling you, sometimes the situations that you're put in, you may not understand them, but look at what's happened because of them. The situations I was put in created such an intense level of anger that I was able to now say, you know what, I'm no longer going to let these feelings use me. I'm going to use them. And look at where it took me to. Sometimes, Ooh. you know, that blessing that, that, like, you think you're getting punished, you think you're just, you think you've been forgotten. You don't know that, that, that God just had to find a different way to get you to the level. Because some people don't realize how big their dreams are. Some people, they just say, you know, I want to become this, this, and this, but they don't realize what they're really saying. So when, that, when, when calamity, when hell comes to them, they're just like, why have you forsaken me? Why have you done? No, all of that stuff is actually creating the amount of push that you need. But you have, you have to make that decision to, 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 to give whatever's happening to you an end story you have to you have to find your fairy tale you have to find that fairy tale ending that's all on you it's unfortunate but it's all on you and ultimately when you do get to the top of that mountaintop you will know that nobody else can claim can, can, can like claim your greatness you built yourself from the beginning so it you know i doubt myself just like everybody else does i have moments where i'm just like well was this the right move but at the end of the day it's really about <laughs> well what, what are we going to do we just going to sit here sis is that what we're going to do who cares if it was the right move or not? You should continue moving. If, the, if you made a mistake, are you going to stay there? Are you going to stay in the mistake? Or are you going to continue pushing? You have to push. Otherwise, you just, you're, you're now defined by that mistake. So that's, that's where my mentality is. And I'm still learning every single day, Alexander, but I hope that answers your question. Oh, and more than answered that, my question. You know, the, the ability to be able to channel that anger and realize, hey, this anger isn't serving me. But how can I channel it in a way that will serve me is something that a lot of us need to learn. And so much love for you for taking a not great situation. I, I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, both of your parents died before you became an adult. And so losing your mother, being in a different country, being in a tumultuous household that was not necessarily conducive to what uh, you know a nurturing upbringing should be like, having to raise other people's children because that's what you needed to do, and yet still choosing to take leap after leap after leap after leap, even just going to nursing schools. DECA students, for those of you that don't know, uh, back in the day, I know there's been some new laws, you couldn't get funding. So if you couldn't pay out of pocket, you couldn't go to college. And so you take leap after leap after leap, and every single time you land really well. And I have to tell you guys, I got this message from Kevin Mullins, and I just want to read it really quickly because he sent it to me earlier this morning. I'm like, I don't even know if you know what I'm about to talk about, but this is so perfect. He, 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 he um, quotes Hebrews 11:29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea and as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. And then he writes this. 
How is it that some people can pass through an ocean and not get wet while others drown? Faith makes all the difference. The children of Israel had faith. They passed through the Red Sea because their leader Moses trusted God. Their faith was the catalyst to experience the impossible. The Egyptians pursuing God's elected people passed through the same sea, but they didn't have the same faith. Instead of safe passage, they met total destruction. Faith is the currency of heaven. It's the difference between deliverance and destruction. Believe in God's promises and you will be indestructible, unbeatable, and prosperous. Faith will open oceans so you can cross over from where you are to where he wants you to be. And I have to tell you, sis, as our segment is wrapping up, you have been walking through oceans on dry land because of your faith. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will cross even the biggest seas that you've yet to even see. And that land will be dry because of your faith, because of your belief, and because you know who you are, my friend. And I'm so honored that you allowed me the opportunity to interview you on this stage. I'm so sorry that we ran late, but gosh, I'm so happy for the reason that we ran late. And I'm so sorry that this segment is so short. I think that you need a whole hour on this in this room because you are powerful, Queen. Can we get some mic flashes for Inkechi? Come on, y'all. Come on, flash this mic because this queen is so powerful. So much love to you and all that you are doing. Ooh, Bradley was up. Uh, and Alexander, so do you mind if I add one more thing real quick? Yes, you Queen, come on. You know, that, that scripture that you, funny enough, that's been something I've been talking to my community on here a lot, that concept of, you know, the, 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 Israel, the, the Israelites that were trying to pass through it. And where did they get stuck, Alexander? After they had gone through that water, after they had gone through so much, where did they get stuck? What, 50 right feet before, in the desert. Right be, in the desert. 50 in the worst place you can get stuck, which is the desert. And you know what? There was a statement that, um, you said Kevin sent you? There was a statement that was in there. He said that, you know, they lost faith in, in, their, in Moses and so-and-so. I want you guys to notice that all it took was Moses having faith in God. All they had to do was have faith in Moses. They didn't even have to go to the length of having faith because, you know, it's okay to have an intercessor. It's okay to have somebody that you that you have faith in. However, they didn't lose their entire blessing until they lost that tether. They, they proceeded to stay in a worse situation than where they came from because they lost faith halfway through. So it doesn't matter how much action you take if you don't have that faith behind you. So thank you so much for reading that. That's actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And thank, thank you for you having me. Oh, and Ketchy, thank you so much, friend. And we'll talk some more, and we'll see when we can get some more and Ketchy time on here. You are powerful. And, guys, we are here on Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Club. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.